0: It's time for Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here is your host, the voice of the Tigers, Dave Wollotion.
1: What a long holiday weekend from the Bahamas to Philadelphia. From the Egg Bowl to the Iron Bowl. From NFL comebacks to another home Grizzlies loss. They couldn't shoot. And they defended below average, and they've yet to win a game at home in this 23 24 season. Whew, we've got you covered. Coast to coast, John Thompson will be with us. We'll talk all the college football that we can muster, and then Jason Munns will go over the trip to. The Bahamas, we got medals coming your way. We got championship games this weekend, Big Ten. You believe Michigan, a 23-point favorite over Iowa. Of course, if they win, they're in the college football championship. We got Alabama-Georgia. Georgia, Georgia, a five-point favorite. If Georgia wins, they're in. If Alabama wins, could be chaos. We'll get to that in uh, the segment with John Thompson. Pac-12, that's the most intriguing, and I am amazed. Oregon is a nine-point favorite over Washington. Washington beat them in the regular season. I'm guessing the winner gets in here. What about Florida State and Louisville? Florida State, a three-point favorite over Louisville, even with the backup quarterback, Florida kind of blew that game against Florida State. And then Texas and Oklahoma State and the Longhorns are 14.5-point favorites, as they should be. Ohio State on the outside looking in. Alabama, of course, has a chance to get in. But if Texas wins, let's say Alabama wins, but Florida State wins, Michigan wins, I don't know what will happen with the winner because Alabama gets knocked off by Texas in a tiebreaker. So it'll be interesting to watch all of that unfold. Where will the Tigers go? We should know more within the next 48 hours. Steve Arder will join us on Wednesday, maybe when those 48 hours are up. He will let us know. He says he has meetings with the SEC. He has meetings with the Big Twelve, and he has meetings with the American and, of course, the U of M to figure it all out. So it's it's a couple of days before you know for sure. Here's what we do know: last night, because of the bowl eligibility rule of you got to have six wins, right? You got to be five hundred or better. Jacksonville State and James Madison, all deserving, got in. Now they were under the rules of. You have to be in the league, in, in FBS, so long in order to be eligible to play, which I think is crazy because they're moving up, not moving down. And, you know, James Madison's just a great story all year long. To n- not include them, to exclude them, would have really been cutting off your nose to spite your face. So they go then to the APR. This is a formula with grades, graduation levels, I guess. I'm, I'm not sure all that goes into the APR, but it's an academic uh, thing. Minnesota gets in with an under five hundred record just getting in over Mississippi State. So if Mississippi State had been one spot ahead, they would have gotten in and then Memphis would not go to the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Since they didn't, there is still a chance that the uh, SEC— will not send a team to Memphis. It depends on, in the pool, which way they decide to designate teams. And that's up now to Greg Sankey, who is the commissioner. So, and I think the other two spots that Memphis could land in, one is Fenway, I would be excited about that, I, and the players would be in a cold-weather spot. How they feel about it, I don't know. I, I, they may, may want to stay home. Most of the time, players want to go on a little vacation as a reward. I don't see a beach spot in their future. You never know. Um, but, but I suspect it's not. I suspect it's either Fenway Park or Annapolis, Maryland, at the Naval Academy for the Military Bowl. Those seem to be the two spots Memphis could land Memphis, by the way, the fourth, if you look at the polls, or the power rankings anyway, by most people, Memphis is the fourth ranked of the American teams. So you got to look at their bowl connections. If the American, it, 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 to me, it's too lame. Because I, I think Liberty's going to win. They're going to beat New Mexico State. They're like double-digit favorites to beat New Mexico State. They beat them in the regular season. New Mexico State played pretty well at the end of the year. Look what they did to Auburn. And they got into that championship game. But Liberty is 25th in the country. They're ahead of SMU. Maybe they're 24 and SMU is 25. I think that's what it is. So Tulane's the highest ranked. If Tulane wins over SMU in New Orleans on Saturday, then it's simple. Tulane's going to the Fiesta Bowl. If they lose, and if um, Liberty wins over over New Mexico State, I think they're in. I think they go. Liberty would go to the Fiesta because of the way they ranked them at twenty-four, one ahead of SMU. So, for the American to be sure to get into the Fiesta Bowl and the big money from the New Year's Day Six Bowl package. Tulane's got to win. If Tulane doesn't win, Liberty's got to lose, then SMU would get in. But there's a chance that they wouldn't as, as the poll was set up. Memphis finished fourth and was picked fourth. That's the way it all worked out in the end because um, it, w- it was picked. Tulane, SMU, and they got to the championship game. This was the preseason conference poll. Texas-San Antonio third. Memphis was fourth. That's exactly the way this thing ended up finishing. So, that is, at least for the moment, Memphis, in my estimation, AutoZone Liberty Bowl, Fenway, or Annapolis Military Bowl. I, I think those are the three that are on the table, and we'll know within the next 48 hours. So, Let's give medals. We do this every Monday. Zach Boyd, my producer, will join me in this. Don't forget, John Thompson and Jason Munns will be following. I'm sitting in the Family Leisure Studios. A reminder I think it's still on. We'll double check, but we've got the overstock sale coming your way. It's still on, where patio sets are 50% off and play gyms are under two grand. Don't forget, extended sale pricing on all in stock hot tubs and swim spas. Get to I 40 and Witten Road. Family, fun, and an overstock sale all coming together right now at Family Leisure. My first positive medal, bronze medal, to the Tigers basketball team. New poll will come out at noon today. So we're a couple of hours away, a little less. I believe they will be anywhere from 22 to 25. 23rd in last week's poll, 26th, the most also receiving votes of anybody, not in the top twenty-five with a win over Michigan and a win over Arkansas before not a good loss because they were beaten up pretty good. But uh, nonetheless, they did finish nicely the last nine minutes. Didn't necessarily make a total game of it. Um, Turned a 35-point deficit into a 13-point deficit. Ended up losing by 16. I think if those two teams played again, it would be a much closer game. I think Villanova is going to be a top 15 team in this poll. So I think it's enough to get Memphis into the rankings. And look, you're five and one. You got a win at Missouri. You got a win over Michigan. You got a win over Arkansas. Nothing to sneeze at, everything to build on. Now you got three really good games in a row on the road, starting with Oxford next Saturday. I think it's a one o'clock game. I give a silver medal to former University of Memphis kickers. If you were watching on Thanksgiving, did you see the winning field goal kicked against the Green Bay Packers by the Detroit Lions? The kicker of that winning field goal was Riley Ferguson.
2: Hmm?
1: I Riley Patterson, excuse me. Riley Ferguson was the quarterback, right?
2: Yeah. yeah. They're all
1: running together. Riley Patterson, excuse me. I blow that, Riley Patterson, former Tiger kicker, kicked the winning field goal. Did you see yesterday in a driving rainstorm in chilly Philadelphia, where the Tigers won on Friday, going away? And Jake Elliott was on the sideline for that game, at least for the second half. Talk to uh, Greg Gaston. In fact, um, what a good guy. Yesterday. Uh, uh, Jake Elliott, a 59-yard field goal in that monsoon to tie the game, send it to overtime, where Jalen Hurts and company took over. How about that? Two Tiger kickers, and they don't have a kicker really this year. Well, I shouldn't. Tanner Tanner Gillis, who's a walk-on, did a pretty good job filling in for the two scholarship kickers that U of M has. So it's a nice story, but uh, he is not in the league with Jake Elliott or Riley Patterson. And those Tiger kickers get silver medals from me. And then finally, I mentioned the Eagles winning in overtime. Jack Boyd, do you know what the record of Jalen Hurts is the last 29 games?
2: He's won like what? <laughs> what? Like... Like,
1: 25 or like? 27. Yeah. 27-2. Last four weeks, behind at the half. I think some of them in the fourth quarter. They have come from behind the last four games. Now, I'm going to tell you on the front end here, this to me is bad news. When you have this kind of run of luck early in the year, it doesn't last. So you, like, spent all your good luck in the middle of the year. So the end of the year, karma kind of comes back and evens things out. So I, I think... The Eagles are they're they're spending their wad here, and I don't I don't something bad's going to happen to them toward the end of the year and the playoffs. I I don't see them getting back in the Super Bowl because they've been so lucky the last four weeks. It's pretty incredible. But Jalen Hurts, he's won twenty seven of his last twenty nine, and it, it, he's doing it. I got to give him my gold medal.
2: Yeah, I just wanted. Uh, clarify: The Lions lost on Thanksgiving Day.
1: Did they really? I thought they won that game with a field goal.
2: No, no, they didn't. They, they ended up losing. It was twenty-nine. Thank uh, twenty two. Holy macro! You, you must, you, you, you're probably thinking about the game against Chicago last two weeks ago.
1: Hmm. Okay. Well, Thanksgiving was spent in in the airport on an airplane in a hotel. I did watch the Tiger game. Um... And I thought I saw the high t- I thought he had done that, but I, I apologize.
2: Listen, I understand. It happens when you, it, it's. I mean, things get kind of crossed up when you jump in on one place now. or another, man. Hmm. I get it. It happens. It happens. Okay. Um, my medals here. Uh, we're going to start off with the bronze to the upset specials. Ohio State and Colorado State getting their upset wins over the Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah you love I know
1: you love those upset specials.
2: Yeah, you love know, upset specials. And then in football, Kentucky, Iowa State and Cal getting upset specials on rival week.
1: Yeah, Kentucky kind of put a, uh, a shadow over the Louisville, Florida State game. Yeah, I, I think if Louisville had won that game, I liked their chances for sure.
2: Uh, My silver medals, my medals were uh, going to Michigan and Florida State for keeping their season or keeping at least uh, their spot in the top four alive after big weeks as well. Because Michigan, Ohio State was the big, the drum up, the big media game that everybody was paying attention to that got the win against Ohio State. Mm -hmm. And then Florida State was pretty much in a dogfight with Florida. But they managed to come out and uh, and when they won the game by by 10 points, I think. So I mean that, that was pretty, pretty impressive on my on, from my eyes looking at it. All right, And then my gold medals. Uh, gold medal goes to Deron Bland of the Dallas Cowboys the pick six leader
1: Oh he he deserves he deserved a medal for sure.
2: He deserves it. 5 6 pick a uh, pick sixes 5. Yes.
1: He's got 7 total interceptions already.
2: You got to stop throwing it, to him, man.
1: Is it, c- can a quarterback be the defensive MVP of the year?
2: I mean, the quarterbacks ain't playing well, so <laughs> why not? Man. Why not? Usually Pass
1: rushers, linebackers, you make a bunch of tackles. They end up being your defensive MVPs. This guy's got a shot.
2: Yeah. And then my other gold medal goes to Tiger football, Tiger basketball. Uh, Nine wins on the season is nothing to sneeze at, regardless of how you look at it. Well, You got nine wins.
1: Only ten teams in history in the University of Memphis have had nine wins. Only four teams, three teams, excuse me, this would be the fourth if they win in the bowl game, would be at 10. Yes. So that's pretty good. And our friend Brett Norsworthy, um, I guess, is shaming me into giving a medal to the Rebels because they did win 10 games. And that is pretty good. And they... They have an outside chance, I think it's outside, of getting into the New Year's Day six.
2: It's it's it would take that that
1: would get four SEC teams away from their pool, which would leave their pool short of teams, but that's exactly what Greg Sankey would be hoping for. And then
2: my other and then Tiger basketball, two out of three in the Bahamas, very impressive wins against Michigan and against Arkansas. Gotta clean some things up, little details here and there, but overall I think they did a really good job of competing.
1: Yeah, they they've got to be better up front. That's that seems to be the issue, and they're getting out rebounded by these teams. I think they were even out rebounded by Jackson State, so they're going to have to clean that up for sure and get more out of Jordan out of, out of the combination of Jordan Brown and Malcolm Dandridge. Although I'll tell you, I'm I'm a firm believer in. Nicholas Jourdain. I think that guy is, is pretty darn good. My rust, uh, any D.C. who won't rush a quarterback on a Hail Mary pass. I, I don't <laughs> understand it. If you're going to rush two or three guys, you give the quarterback the chance to set up to throw the long one, fourth and 31. I mean, if you rush the guy, even if it's just four, but if you blitz the guy even in particular and send everybody back, I don't understand allowing a quarterback the opportunity to have the time to throw the ball because it takes a while to throw a ball that long. Yeah, You gotta get back, set your feet go forward and throw the ball if you're off your back foot or if you're rushed you don't get the chance to even get it to the goal line. I don't understand that philosophy and then um, I thought that Michigan with uh, Phil Martelli being the coach but Juwan Howard there that looked awkward to me I like two guys are standing. I mean, if you're coaching, you're coaching. If you're not, you know, you be in the stands, go to the practice. But if you're designated somebody else to be the coach for the game, I don't get that. I thought that was a weird look and confusing, maybe for Michigan, the way Howard and Martelli played that uh, card in the Bahamas.
2: Yeah, I was. I'm not sure what the situation is with. Uh... With Juwan Howard Because yeah, yeah, like you said like, I, I did notice him sitting on the bench But he wasn't like super active In uh, I guess Leading the, the team in, in a way I don't, know, I don't know if he's still recovering From his surgery that he had Over the offseason But that's, that's interesting
1: And, and then I, I, I got to give one more rust to me For not knowing the Packers beat the Lions
2: <laughs> 29-22 <laughs> It happened It happened it was a short week. You had a lot going on. Like I, I'll give you a pass. Thank personally. you.
1: You're you're very kind. I you. you are very kind to do that. We're sitting, as we said, in the Family Leisure Studio. Please check in on that overstock sale because I don't know how much longer it will last. And a reminder that our title sponsor for this program, that's Homer. Homer Skelton Hyundai in Olive Branch. And within that dealership is... Genesis of Olive Branch, and by the way, that dealership is going to be moving to a new location in Olive Branch. More on that in the months to come. In the meantime, if I were you, I'd take advantage of a deal on SUVs: the GV70, the smaller SUV, that's a Genesis, and the GV80, the larger one. Have a special sales price and some financial opportunities when you're going to finance this thing with Genesis. All you got to do is go see Vinnie Girard. He's the crazy Canadian over Genesis of Olive Branch. Go see him. Tell him we sent you. Tell him you want luxury. Only the kind that you can get from a Genesis car. That's Genesis of Olive Branch. Back in just a minute to Atlanta we go. Our coach, John Thompson, he's standing by as you listen to Wallow and Friends.
0: Add a little fun to your lunch break. Join Johnny Radio for Sports 56 Happy Hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Wolo and friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM, presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. fade
2: away.
1: Welcome back in. Oh, I love this time of year. We got so many great college football storylines, including new coaches, Mike Elko going to AM from Duke, Jeff Lebby, the... OC at Oklahoma. He's going to be the new coach at Mississippi State. Jonathan Smith leaving Oregon State. He is going to Michigan State. Our coach is John Thompson. He's down in Atlanta. We talk uh, every week with him, and for some reason, uh, this thing will not allow me to put him on. So, if you can I've got put you. our friend on, now we got you. Okay.
3: How are you? Hey. Happy post Thanksgiving. Thank you. Happy post-Thanksgiving to you. Hope you're doing well. Did you uh, bring uh, bring the golf course to its knees last week?
1: Uh, uh, it, let, let me put it to you like this. I was in tears when it was all over. <laughs> okay. <No>. Uh, <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. I hope it Cheers of joy! Cheers yeah. of joy! Yeah. Yep. right. Yeah. Um, okay. What do you think of those hires, by the way? What do you think of, in particular Mississippi State getting um, a, an offensive guy? You know, they they went with Zach Arnett, who was the DC when Mike Leach passed away, and they went back to the direction that they had sort of with with Leach, which is a guy who is an offensive sort of guru.
3: Well, I think that's where their 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 DNA is with their team. Already is right there, but Libby is is done very very well everywhere he's been he's ready he's ready to take that on and that uh i, I think that's what uh, mississippi state has to be a little different it, i mean they played really well on defense but they've they, gotta, they they gotta they gotta throw that thing around the yard a little bit and it's going to be interesting to see if um if will rogers actually does jump into the portal with uh, all the talk about that but that was pretty surprising to me but, uh, well, may, maybe
1: this guy can save that, because you can enter the portal. First of all, the portal doesn't open until next week, I think, right? Or maybe it's right, this week. Right.
3: Well, it it hasn't opened yet, yes. but the, it's, it's, they're waiting at the door to bust the doors down. Right, right now.
1: exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and so you can enter and still end up back at your old school, which we've seen... Look, and with basketball, I'll give you a great example was Malcolm Dandridge, who flirted with several other schools over the year, and then ended up coming back to the same school he'd been with the whole time. So that could happen with Will Rogers, or he may just be going. Look, I, I'm let's let's see what's out there and who can pay me the most NIL money because now that's a big deal.
3: That's a real big deal, uh, and how how people are handling that is is going to be a major major. Lock obviously locker room issue, team issue. You know, I, I think that's where um, Jimbo, you know, Jimbo Fisher and Sam Pittman probably have, have both had to deal with that. When uh, when you have some losing, and losing exposes all of that, and then it it drifts down into that locker room, and then you got you got problems. You don't hear about all those problems at Georgia or or Alabama or or Florida State right now, you know, or Michigan. You know, they. It's the it's the programs that uh, that are struggling where you hear locker room problems and that's what the, hey, losing is a losing is losing is a horrible thing so uh, that that infiltrates it for sure. So you, you those three hires you you think those are good hires? I absolutely do. I I, I really do. I think El, Elko is is a big time coach. And now he goes to to Duke and you know and, and dips his toes into the water and gets everything lined out, but. But Mike Elko is a solid coach, and and having a defensive guy there at a and I think that's that's a, a smart move. And I I think the offensive guy at Mississippi State with uh, with Libby is going to be really really good there. They're ahead of the they're ahead of the curve on both of those, so they get ready for the where they can evaluate the portal, and then they get ready and um, and hit the road here next week pretty soon with uh, with uh, this stage of recruiting, which used to be major for everybody but now it is more of a evaluation of the portal so uh that's going to be a tough deal for for everybody showing up now
1: i i wonder if because elko is a defensive guy if there will be any pressure on him to keep bobby petrino the oc at
3: a&m i'm sure that was discussed quite a bit yeah but that uh that was uh, that would have to be you know before you before you sign that you got to know where where you stand with all of your coaches are you going to be able to bring in everybody is there going if, if theres if there was pressure for him to, to keep uh, Petrino, then I don't think he would take taking the job. Uh, you got to have yeah. full control. Sometimes, be able to do that.
1: sometimes those things get weird. I swear to you, this I, I believe this happened for Justin Fuente. When he went and agreed to take that job at Virginia Tech, he was bringing his own D.C. in. And in the end, Jim Foster stayed, and I don't think that was a good marriage. I think that was thrust upon him after the deal had been made.
3: Well, that that was uh, yeah. If it was after the deal had been made, then that's a bad deal. And you got to. I mean, we can go back to that, but that was a, a very very popular. Uh, uh, Bud Foster was. An yeah, Bud icon Foster. There. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Bud Foster was an icon at, uh, at at Virginia Tech, and that that was a tough situation. But you got to go in there and be able to have your own guys. And if you've got somebody that's uh, that is put on you, then uh, that's it doesn't work out it doesn't work out for the rest of the staff it doesn't work out for the head coach and uh, there's been a lot of remember you go back to Arkansas you know ten years ago there was a whole lot of issues there when when Gus came and was hired and Houston was calling some of the plays and Gus was calling some of the plays yeah. the dynamics of that um, is really rough but I think the contracts now are so so clear now that that it takes care of most of that before any of that nonsense gets uh, gets in there and jacks up a
1: staff. All right, John Thompson, I know you saw a lot of football over the weekend. Good let's hit. start with the Egg Bowl on Thursday, where the Rebels were able to take care of business. Mississippi State didn't seem interested in wanting to win the game. They made so many errors in that thing. 17-7, though, and the Rebels 10-2 and on the year. And maybe we'll have to wait and see a New Year's Day 6
3: placement. Well that's a great season for Kip and all that i i I think he was so unhappy having to run the ball as much as he did he I, I think he likes to run the football but that was just uh overdoing it you know they, I'm not sure if, if dart if they fully disclosed how uh how healthy he was because I, I don't think he could throw the ball so uh, that's where Ole miss had to do it had to do it running the football and had to had to do it with um just toughness. Uh, both teams, I, I think, played really well in that game. That was a that was a fun game, man. It, it just brought back some memories of how loud that stadium can be. Yeah. when they when they're shaking those cowbells, and when the game is close like that, uh, what a great atmosphere! And you know, I, I, Will Rogers is the one that just baffles me. I I, I don't know. Uh, I don't think he was completely healthy, and I think it showed in the game. Neither team could throw the football or didn't look like they wanted to throw the football, so it was just a old-fashioned slobber knocker. Speaking
1: of which, I don't understand. I've already given a rust medal to any defensive coordinator who allows a Hail Mary or a 4th and 31 <laughs> pass to be thrown without a pass rush on that particular quarterback, allowing him the time to set up and throw the ball long. It's to me, crazy, and uh, Auburn did a lot of things wrong, and Alabama was very fortunate to get themselves uh, into the championship game with only the one loss.
3: Yeah, that was um, that's going to be a, that's going to be talked about for a long time. What bothered me about it, and hey, I don't mind dropping eight, but you got to twist up front, and you got to you got to be putting the heat on the quarterback somehow, and you can do that with three. But the two edge guys, all they were doing was containing, and then they dropped out the nose as a spy. You don't need a spy if it's 31 yards. Yeah. Somebody, you're going to come off and, and get him right there. But uh, that's that's a hard, hard thing. Hey, Brian Birddorf threw to Todrick Malone, and Pat Sertain was the defensive back and peeked inside, and Todrick Malone caught the ball and fell in the end zone. And Brian Denny one time when I was at, at – Southern Miss and Alabama beat the worst loss in in my career. And, but, and but we had the guy bracketed. But here's what happened on that play. They were playing five underneath and three deep zone. The corner squeezed the post route or the, the adjust, and he plastered. What we call plaster when the quarterback, you know, the plays extended, the quarterback scrambled, and he really just – you know, Milrow just kind of stepped up, but that corner should have seen the ball come out of Milrow's hand, get over there and knock the ball down. But he was chasing a post route inside, so it left one of one guy man to man on him. He lost sight of the ball, and they catch it. Hey, I, I, I believe in those situations, you 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 put a little pressure on the quarterback, but you got to have everybody else boxes out. You've got one jumper. He goes, he finds the ball, and he knocks the ball down. There's too many bad things that can happen in Hail Mary. It gives me, it, uh, it it's a hard, hard play to defend, but you got to do it the right yeah. way. And, and they didn't on the Obviously, anniversary
1: of the kick six. You get this. Uh, now both teams will make you. You could say maybe even in 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 crazy plays. That that is for sure.
3: Well, all, Auburn busted too many plays earlier. Anyway, they they busted a half coverage. And just gave a touchdown. Then they then they muffed the punt. Yeah, you know Al- Alabama was destined to win that thing. Uh, there was a lot of things just besides that one call.
1: So are they destined to beat Georgia in the championship game? What happens that, there? It's only a five point line, I believe. Yeah.
3: Well, the the, the two most talented teams. In the league are, are definitely playing. Alabama continues to get better and better and better. Hey, uh, Auburn sold out everything. That was just a, you know, you you got to, you can't tell what that game's ever going to be like. But Georgia, did Georgia rest a couple of players? Did, uh, you know, they hold back? I think they did. I think they said, we can go in there and beat Georgia Tech and we don't have McCaukey or we don't have uh, our tight end. We're just going to go in there and, and be, you know, not show them a lot of things and just beat them. Um, and that's what they did. But Georgia Tech played them, played them very tough. But this is um, the two most talented teams. That, in my opinion, the two best college, the two best coaches in college football. They're involved in everything. They're very, very smart. They're very, very alike. Uh, especially with Kirby being, you know, with. with uh, with Sabin for so long. So I, I think this is going to be a, a, a great football game, a great football game with, with a lot of talent and, and very, very brutal, very physical, like a lot of scrimmage. Speaking of,
1: of college football coaches and, and those at the top of the game, what, what would you do with Ryan Day? Ryan Day's now lost three straight Ohio State games. Remember, he couldn't lose to Michigan, but now he's lost three of those Ohio State-Michigan games in a row. He's like 56-7 and seven in his tenure Everything there.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, and they are talking about, you know, he, he's got to go, uh, which is, is <laughs> well, that's the epitome of mean, pressure
3: on, on a college football coach at a school like Ohio State. Well, that's, that's, what it, that's what it is when you get to a place like that. or That's what it was like when we were in Florida. I mean, you've got you to gotta beat your rival. You gotta, you gotta beat Michigan. You gotta beat Florida State. You gotta beat Auburn. You gotta beat Mississippi State, and the opposite for all of those teams. That's uh, that's to me. That's what makes Arkansas unique. Arkansas does not have that, but that's that's another story. But I, I just think that that when you don't beat your rival, then the the pressure's on all year long. Whether you go one and ten or ten and one, if you beat the rival. And that is that may be the best rival of all. There, there's a, that's tough. So I don't think he loses his job over it, but there's a lot of pressure. That I mean, that's like going four and eight, you know, instead of being eleven and one. You go eleven and one and lose that game, might as well be four and eight because the, the cloud is on you. you yeah. Got it. Um,
1: who's the SEC coach of the year? Is it the undefeated Kirby Smart, or is it the story of the year? Your guy Eli Drinkwitz at Missouri.
3: You know what? I mean, I think that's a great question, Dave. I mean, because Kirby, I mean, Kirby has done everything. He's managed new quarterbacks. He's managed injuries. He's managed twenty-nine games in a row. The pressure keeps building, and then you got Eli that has surprised everybody and got a. Walk on running back that's the best, one of the best players in the league, and they keep winning and keep winning. You know, I just have to go with the guy that's won them all. I'd have to go with Kirby Smart in doing it because I think those guys get overlooked when you got the you got the best team. Well, you didn't mess it up, and that's really easy to do. Eli did a great job, a fabulous job with and 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 Missouri has overachieved. You know, uh, but how can you overachieve if you're Georgia when you got the best players? The only thing you can do is, is uh fumble it and he has not done it. I'd I'd go with I'd go with Kirby a little bit. I'd give him the nudge over Eli and uh say well job well done by both guys. I
1: I I I I think I'm going with Eli.
3: Kirby,
1: okay, Kirby and- could win it every year.
3: He doesn't lose. What if they won? 20, 29 in a row, Okay, okay. So that means he continues to do the best job. Huh? If it, if you keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it, why get that taken away from you? I, you you're, know? You're, and I'm not,
1: your point is and I'm, well taken, my friend. I just think no one saw this from Missouri. Nobody.
3: No, no, I, I agree. I agree. Hey, and I'll tell you, just like I said last week, we, you and I have a whole lot more fun with uh, – with Kirby than we would Eli when we were running, shooting some pool. No no, no doubt about it. Um,
1: Who do you think wins the Florida State-Louisville game? Because if Florida State wins, they're in the playoff. You're not going to keep an undefeated team
3: out. No, I know it, but that's. um, I I think they beat Louisville. I think they come back and they beat Louisville. I think Florida State gets in it. Georgia, Michigan, Washington, and Florida State. That's who I think my, the top four are. And you got to Oregon and then <laughs> Bama and Texas could really mess this thing up. I would say in this, a whole lot.
1: if if huh? if Florida State does win, and that means they will have beaten um, a rival in Florida and a championship game for the ACC without their starting quarterback, I think you got to say Mike Mike is in the conversation for National Coach of the Year, isn't he?
3: I, I, I would say that too. And then they, you know they got a big win against LSU, you know, early in the season yeah. too. So no, they they, and they beat they, they beat another rival in Clemson. Yeah, they sure have. They're I, they're one of the top four. I, I think it's clear in my mind right now. It's clear with the top four: Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State. I think it's going to play itself out okay. Uh, I, I I just think the I think those four teams. Continue to win, and that's going to be our top four.
1: No doubt. John, happy post-Thanksgiving. I uh, I look forward to talking about playoffs and championship games. That'll be with you next Monday. Thank
3: you. Can't wait. Have a great week. That's our guy. That's our coach.
1: Yep. Our coach down in Atlanta, that is John Thompson. He's brought to you by Conway, reputable services available seven days a week. You got a problem, heating, cooling, plumbing, or electric, they're like the guys to the rescue. They are Conway, 384-3511. And this portion of the show is also brought to you by the people who take care of beerness in Memphis. You know I'm talking about Grind City Brewing, Grind City, which the brewery sits kind of high above the city elevation. It's in Uptown, just north of downtown. You see the skyline, you see the bridges, you got a little expanse for a picnic ground with tents and picnic tables, and then this really cool brewery, which will give you product like Poppy's Pills, the Pilsner, is just what the doctor ordered. That's their number one seller. There's the India Pale Ale, called the God Hopper. There's an amber lager called Thaddeus, and if you like Blue Moon, they got a Belgian-style wheat ale called the Belga. Memphis made. Really, really good. There is the craft malt liquor. That's Tiger Tail. It's got a little more alcohol. you got to be careful with that one. All really good Memphis products. Taking care of business. That's what they've been doing for a long time now at Grind City Brewing in downtown Memphis. We pause for a second, and then fresh from paradise, in the Bahamas, Jason Munns from the Commercial Appeal on Tiger basketball. He's right around the corner.
0: Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Wolosian.
1: We got a firing in the NFL. Breaking news a little while ago. Frank Reich, mid-season firing. The Carolina Panthers give up after going 1-10. and ten. Chris Tabor will be the interim coach through the rest of this season. You know, it's pretty crazy to think about somebody telling you to call her competition if you're looking like to sell your home. But that's exactly what Sheldon with Mark Spensdorf does. Sheldon Rosengarten tells people, if you're thinking of selling your home, talk to two or three real estate breakers. Just make sure he's one of them. Now, that seems crazy to me, but... Once you start talking to him, you're sold. I mean, that's just the way it works. When you want the job done, you call Shell Dunn. He's got this strategic marketing program that just is a winner. It's proven. He may be the worst worst golfer in town. He's called Mr. Three Putt. But if you listen to him when it comes to selling a home, or buying a home, he's going to guide you through the proven process of preparation, presentation, and proper pricing. You'll get it done. You'll get to the closing table, the finish line, because that's what Sheldon does. That strategy always works. He gets your house sold. Just call 483 0546 or Memphis Relocate. Let's talk with our friend who's just returned from paradise. That would be Jason Munns, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal on the Tiger basketball team. New rankings come out in just a little bit, about an hour and 12 minutes from now. I suspect Memphis will be in the top 25. Do you concur? Uh, Wolo,
4: uh, nothing would surprise me. I thought they would be in last week, and they weren't. Didn't even move up. Uh, a little bit. Now granted, the only thing they did was beat Alabama State That you know, the week leading into those updated rankings. This week they did a lot more than that. Beat Michigan, they beat Arkansas, a ranked Arkansas team, uh, who I don't think will be ranked this week. Um, but, uh, and then lost to what I think is a, a very good Villanova team that's going to be ranked, uh, going to be back in the rankings this week. Um, but, I... I I just like I said, I I, uh, I I thought they would have been in last week. They weren't. Um, there were fourteen top twenty-five teams that lost at least one game this week, and six of those fourteen teams lost at least one game this week, like this past week to an unranked opponent. So there's plenty of you would think going to be a lot of shuffling.
1: Well, technically um, Memphis lost to an unranked team too, right? The championship game with all those ranked teams in the field were the two unranked teams.
4: But Memphis wasn't a top 25 team uh, losing to an unranked team. Uh, you see what I'm saying? Like I, There were six teams that were inside the top 25 that right. lost to unranked teams. Um, so I think there's going to be quite a bit of shuffling. I would think that's going to benefit Memphis. Um, I think they're probably going to be somewhere in that 23 to 25 range I like but that. I've been wrong before.
1: No, it's crazy but I think you are probably right. Was the loss to Nova, it was not a good loss obviously because it was by 16 points but it could have been a lot worse. Do you think you salvaged something with that great run the last, or just the way you played the last 9 minutes?
4: I think it, it, if nothing else you salvaged some pride and dignity. Uh you know, if it doesn't mean anything to anybody else didn't if it didn't register with anybody else, I certainly would expect that it registered with the team. Um, And I think it did. I mean, talking to Penny after the game, you know, he, he said, listen, you know, we played, we, we played, you know, Michigan, we played Arkansas, we played uh, a very good Villanova team. And while I was very disappointed in the first half and part of the second half, I was very encouraged by the way, you know, they didn't give up. They didn't quit. They fought back. They made it respectable. All that good stuff. So I think that is, uh, if it does nothing else, it's going to be a good, you, you, you're able to walk off the floor after a really tough game with your head intact, uh, your, your pride intact. And um, so, yeah, so I, that, that's kind of what I think. And if it did do, if it does register with the basketball community, the college basketball community at large, then. That's
1: just icing on the cake. What do you think actually happened on Friday? Why such a disparity, especially in, the, in at the start of the game where they, what was it, 16-2, right off the bat? And, and one of the first things I wondered about was the health of Javon Quinterly. And it, it, it's becoming more and more apparent. You know, there's two things that are becoming apparent to me, and I'll ask you about those. One's rebounding up front where they're getting beaten even by Jackson State. I think they're rebounded um, And Javon Quinterly. When he plays really good, I, they're just like unstoppable because he can really take over the tempo of the game. But um, he had to put a knee brace on in this game. If he's got knee issues, maybe that's issues for Memphis. What's what's his health status?
4: Well, that knee started barking at him before Friday, before the Villanova game. I wrote about it during the in the uh, the same night as the uh, Arkansas game. Like the very first time he walked off the floor. Against Arkansas, when he was substituted, um, at what some point in the first half, that knee brace was slapped on him immediately. And so it was at that point I was like, uh oh, um, you know, two games in two days, whatever, it's starting to bark at him a little bit. Uh, and so I don't think, you know, I think, yeah, Friday was just a continuation of, of the stuff that happened on Thursday. And I asked him about it um, after the Villanova loss, and he said, yeah, it was in the first half, but it started It started uh, causing me issues. And so, I, you know, I, he didn't say this out loud, but I think, you know, we can all agree that he is not, that knee is still not 100%. Um, don't know if he's ever going to, you know, I think he'd have to sit a few games if he wants to get that knee um, really in, in good, strong, good, you know, like getting it back to, to close to a hundred percent, but we'll see if that happens. Um, but no, yeah, he was not at a hundred percent. He was not himself. I don't think he scored or passed out an assist until midway through the second half. And when you couple that with the issues that Jordan Brown is having, um, I, I still think Jordan Brown is going to be a very good player for this team. I think that he had issues in the Bahamas, very clear issues, um, not the least of which was having to go up against the Villanova program, who's uh, – Penny Hardaway talked about it a lot. He used this word a lot, pedigree. Their pedigree is bully ball. Like, they they really uh, make their bones bullying people down low, and that does that's not Jordan Brown's game at all. Um, he's not a very physical guy. I think he's still trying to play catch-up with his conditioning and his and – his, strength progress. Um, and so, yeah, like between Quinterly not being at 100%, Brown not being, it, not being a good matchup, Jordan Brown, the, the rebounding issues at large that Memphis is having, plus it being the third game in three days. Uh, and I know it was the third game in three days for Villanova as well, but, um, you know, you put it all together and that's, I think, and then, you know, once the ball, once it started snowballing, uh it was it was really tough to stop them and, and and let's not forget here, Villanova was shooting the absolute lights out of the, the yeah, gym from three point range and it's like they're going to beat pretty much anybody when they're shooting like that.
1: Well, and you know they were I, I give them credit for getting wide open looks to take those shots. Sure. They're not always going to fall at that percentage, I agree, but they will probably get those kinds of good looks with the way they move the ball. This would not be a good time to sit down Javon Quinley for a couple of no. games. You do get a week's rest here, but you're going to Oxford next Saturday. That's a 1 o'clock game. Then you are on Wednesday uh, at VCU. So yeah. you'll be in Roanoke. Then you've got to go to College Station and take on AM and on Sunday, three road games, three winnable games against three good teams. Ole Miss went on the road and beat Temple.
4: Did they? Yeah. Um, yeah, they're undefeated. Uh, I know that about Ole Miss. Uh, and obviously, they're in year one of Chris Beard. Um, so that's, yeah, it's at their place. It's not going to be a gimme by any stretch of the imagination. But I think if Memphis goes there and plays well, uh, they'll be fine. Um, you know, uh, it's, there, I mean, of course, uh, Ole Miss has Matthew Morel, and everybody listening probably knows, uh, you know, that he's he's a handful. Um, they do have Jamarian Sharp, the seven foot five guy that Rick Stansberry had at the Western Kentucky, right? Um, although he's really a threat to just uh, protect the rim. He's nothing else. He doesn't score very well. He doesn't rebound very well. I think he rebounds worse than he actually scores. Um, and he doesn't score very well, so uh, you know he's a he's a rim protector. Uh, they're going to have to account for that. Um, but I, I feel like this is a game kind of tailor made for Jordan Brown to to rebound and get his get himself right. Like I think I think he has the chance to kind of have his way with with Jamarian Sharp this weekend. But we'll see.
1: We shall see. If um, you were a betting man, last thing. Jason Munns from the Commercial Appeal. Would you say Memphis and Arkansas will begin a home-and-home in the next year or two? Because (laughs) we learned something from your question from Eric Musselman. who He says he doesn't schedule the Arkansas basketball team. You buying that? Well,
4: that's what he said. That is indeed what he said. Um, and, And, you know, kind of dropped the mic on me at that point, like, Like he didn't, he didn't, he didn't elaborate. He did. He, but, but he was very, very clear. I don't do the scheduling was was, Those were his exact words. Uh, I don't buy that, uh, at all. Um, you know, like he might not physically, uh, handle the, uh, administrative aspect of the scheduling, but there's no way that, I mean, you know, head uh, coaches, the head coach is, at, at the at the college basketball level that that's who does the scheduling. you know what i mean um so uh it did not sound like he was in any mood whatsoever to discuss the future uh prospects of uh, memphis and arkansas playing in non-conference uh a series or what you know whatever like getting the rivalry going again he, he he was not in any um did not have any desire to talk about that but Every time we've asked Penny, he you know he says that him and him and the way, the way he explained it the way he phrased it to me when I asked him after they beat Michigan I said you know you might be playing Arkansas tomorrow and he goes he goes yeah me and Muscleman are cool um, and so you know he he said he was looking forward to it and he'd been asked about it last week or the week before um, about potentially playing Arkansas on a regular basis and he said that they've he, he made it seem like there's at least it's at least. Uh, not out of the question. So I think sooner or later it does get done. You know they, they do start playing again. But um, Musselman was not uh, looking to have that conversation with me uh, the no. other night.
1: Well, I I I hope they do because uh, I, I think that's a game that will always be competitive. There are always kids that are going to be involved. Like yep. some from Memphis, it seems. Not not many this year, but um, I I well, you have Chandler Lawson. Uh, so, yeah. I, I, I would love for it to, to become a part of a yearly thing. I, all, all, all the local schools. I, I, I love it that Memphis playing Ole Miss. Uh, I love yeah. it that I, I would like for them to play Mississippi State. Uh, you know, uh, in, yeah, in, in and Arkansas, Tennessee too, but Tennessee and Rick Barnes aren't going to do that. Anyway, we're yeah. out of time, Munzee. Thank you much. We'll talk again next week. I'll see you Saturday in Oxford. All right, looking forward to it, well, thanks. Me too. That's Jason Munns from the Commercial Appeal. That'll do it for us. The final portion of the show has been brought to you by the Spirit Shop. Weekend's over. Holiday's over. You're probably tapped. You need to restock up with your spirits, and that could be anything. From vodka, or tonic, or bourbon, or beer, or any wine from the... Very valuable to the up-and-coming. And, And by the way, if you're not sure which is which, you get an education when you walk through the door at 4848 Poplar. That's Poplar and St. Nick, heart of East Memphis. It's the little log cabin right down from Clark Tower. You've passed it by a million times. There's so much in there and so much fun to shop because Eddie and his staff, his family, they will educate you on what's the latest and the greatest. That's the spirit shop at Poplar and St. Nick. We'll see you tomorrow morning. A, I'm sure, a very spry, ready-to-go John Harden is coming your way right around the corner. Have a great day, everyone.